3: In a senior defensive role, so I don't know what, that what exactly means.
4: that means, but he's he's in LA. <laughs> Congrats! Uh, no, I just thought like because they played the Rams this year, right? We played the Rams, don't we? Do the Do, do, the, we, Eagles do the Eagles play the Rams? Yeah, I believe we. Do. Okay, I'll have to double check. I th- okay. yeah, let me make yeah because I the the first thing I thought about was uh I wonder if he gonna speak to anybody. <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> seeing as that the defense nobody liked him and they said you know. They didn't like his his his, his defensive play call. We much. go to
5: LA this year. We go to LA? I think it, that is the second place finish in the division.
4: I need, to, I, need to, I, gotta, I need to I to place a bet on if Sean Desai speaks to anybody. I I gotta, if I can find out <laughs> on that.
3: How how unlikable can you be if you need to get if you're getting replaced by Matt Patricia? Like is, that must have been pretty
4: bad. I don't like the thing that that I don't understand is this is the defense that you ran from training camp on. And then all of a sudden, like this is the parallel that I have. And I, and I might be wrong about this, but it's it's just funny cuz when Kevin Bayer got here, it just felt like like for him to have the kind of cachet to say, "Hey, we going we want to run the the meetings ourselves. Where why didn't we see this in training camp? Like what was the, like where did the disconnect start? Because then you start hearing rumors about the guys say he didn't ooze confidence anything. Like, when I think about defense coordinators, I think about Jim Johnson particularly, is when he got here, that was one of the first things that he established was that he's that dude. And he talked about what we were going to be and and how he wanted to identify. And I'm assuming it's the same with every defensive coordinator. I remember Jim Vicarilla, my first defensive coordinator with the Jets, he talked about, you know, defense and what we were going to be. We weren't that by the way. But anyway, he talked about it. Right. He talked a good game. And you know about what we were supposed to be. So I don't know where the disconnect. And, and on top of that, the first six games of the season, the defense didn't look that bad.
3: No, I mean, even through the first 11 games, they didn't look awful. Like, they had the one game where they played, they basically shut down Miami's offense.
4: And I then mean, there were times where, you know, you look at, uh, you know, the way that they played, and, and you know, they won by the skin of their teeth. But even with that, they came up with big plays when they needed to. They did. I mean, look at the Chiefs game. That
3: was not long before everything fell apart and here.
4: It did. Matt Patricia came in, man, and they just looked like they just – just, they were all over the place.
3: Yeah, it fell apart. And, and, you know, there was a report from the guys inside the Birds, Adam Kaplan, and, uh, Adam Kaplan and Jeff Mosher, that Desai, you know, couldn't really communicate with the players and that things were confusing. And I guess that's what ended up happening, but – uh, I, he'll be a senior defensive assistant now, maybe a better role for him.
5: Well, yeah. uh, here's the thing. Like, uh, if you look at the Rams history of, I guess, just guys, they bring up through the ranks of their defensive coaching system, their head coaches, Brandon Staley, Raheem Morris, last few to come to mind. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. But I mean, I, I'm curious to see how quickly or if Sean Desai sort of flies up the, the ranks there. In LA, and we'll see what. Like, I'm curious to see how the league outside of Philadelphia views Sean Desai, because if you really want to think about it, given what we saw from Matt Patricia's version of that defense, looks like Sean Desai did a pretty
4: damn good job. Did they really do it? <laughs>
3: it does, but he didn't get a coordinator job. I think that's important to kind I think, of, cause of. It, true. True. Kinda,
4: it was kind of late in the game too.
3: Uh, but everybody, I mean, not really. Desai was essentially fired in December.
4: Well, yeah, <laughs> you know? was, but he was. I very he was very available. He was. Still, I guess he was still <laughs> on the for a while. Yeah, it's 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 a weird that whole thing with the defense and everything, man. That was just weird. It, could was. this be a case of like you know, head
5: coach fails, goes back to where they were a coordinator, and then gets another crack at it? Like, could we see Sean Desai fall back a little bit? I'm a defensive assistant, and then in a That's year Dan, or so, like Dan Quinn he's a coordinator it. again. Yeah, yeah,
4: Dan Quinn, Ra- Raheem Morris did it. Mm-hmm. Like, so, yeah, I think so. I think there's a bounce back. Coach Moore went from, what was he? He went from uh, the offensive side. No, he went from the defensive side of the ball in Atlanta to the offensive side. And everybody was looking like, wow. Raheem he Morrison? Yeah, Raheem yeah. Morrison, yeah. So he went to the, um, he went from, I think it was DBs,
5: and then DBs to receivers.
4: Yes, that does sound right. Yeah, okay. yeah. So it was like, you know, so it's, it's one of those things where I guess the more you could do, so yeah, I think he'll get another. That's game. a reverse Juan Castillo. Yeah, yeah. Juan. From the <laughs> right. I, love, yeah. I like
5: Juan, too, man. The, 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 hey, the, the,
3: the, that, yeah, that one that was, that was right there. That was a questionable decision. We'll just yeah. Now, are we rooting for Sean Desai? Decision. I am I'm, I'm very ambivalent towards Sean Desai. I, I want to see I if he's gonna
5: shake time. people's hands.
4: You're rooting for him?
5: Yeah, because Why? I still um. Well, in the, the this, for the sake of pettiness that we like on the show, I'm still looking to stick it to all the uh, Jonathan Gannon people. Oh, come on. And I think Sean Desai did a much better job than Jonathan Gannon would have last year with this team, still.
3: You're such a hater. You're such a hater on Gannon. I'm and a realist. Hugh, we were filling in the day after that Eagles-Cardinals game. Uh, I was working with Kyle, and <laughs> mm-hmm. you should have seen the disgust on his face all day long having to give credit to Jonathan yeah, Gannon. Yeah, come on, dude. That would, that, that, would, that would hurt any, yeah, that hurts. <laughs> yeah, any that's, man.
4: That's a true Eagle fan right there.
3: Like, yeah. Gannon, I think uh, he's better than, than we thought.
5: Uh, You'll disagree. I don't, yeah, like I don't see what evidence has shown that that's the case. <laughs> Look at the defense. What defense? Look at how with much the, worse the they got. Yeah. Okay, but we're for Like we're acting like twenty twenty two was Gannon's only year coaching this defense. This defense was garbage in twenty twenty one when he had a similar level of talent. Let's not act like Gannon would have turned this defense into a top five unit with the trash they
3: had. The defense this year had much better talent than the defense in twenty twenty one. Yeah,
5: probably, but like, but still, like we're, we're all forgetting that, like. We cursed the name Jonathan Gannon because he was allowing the the likes of Derek Carr to complete 80% of his passes on the defense. Like, it was miserable for a while. We're acting like Sean, like, I, I will say that neither Gannon nor Desai did a great job in their two seasons with, you know, minimal talent. But, like, I, I'm not of the mindset that Jonathan Gannon last season would have been better than Sean Desai or Matt Patricia. I just don't see that. I don't, it. I don't I know, think man. Gannon I
4: think, I think, I would probably say I think so because I think they would have played. More discipline, like because they like people you know, wouldn't know what they were supposed to do. But it, maybe that's yeah, that's one. Uh, but yeah, man, the the fact like I'm here to tell you, <laughs> I'm watching football. I'm watching this team play, and I'm trying to figure out. I'm calling my friends that I play with because you know they play more attention <laughs> to the defense than I did, but I knew certain things that were going on I'm like oh that's not supposed to happen yeah. and I'm like hold up dog what are they doing <laughs> it was like I don't know man they they, they look like this side playing cover cover 2 and this side playing man to man they were all over the place man they they were clueless oh
3: uh, it was a disaster <laughs> and the <laughs> other piece of news you need to mention here uh Le-Jarius Sneed, a free agent cornerback from the Chiefs and obviously corner a big need for the Eagles this offseason I don't know what this what this means and I want to get your read on this Hugh he p- posted last night on Instagram an Eagles emoji? Devontae Smith liked it. Do you think he's just messing around, or do you think there's something to this? Hey, he listen, he's
4: trying to drum up interest in, in his services, which I am not mad at him for doing, especially in this day and age. Social media is a two-way street when it comes to your ability to, to market yourself. And most of these guys, I was always told, NFL players are independent contractor. So at the end of your contract, then you go off and you try to find another job. That's what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And he's trying to, in my mind, this is how I look at it. If LeJaris Sneed is tweeting the Eagles, number one, he's looked at their roster needs. He's heard what's being said. And on top of that, he looks at the Eagles, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, not trying to get anybody all excited about it or anything, but he looks at the Eagles as a team that could potentially get back there. With a couple of good players. The one thing that I've heard, and this is true, and I've been saying this for weeks, that in order for our team to get better, we need to get younger on the back end, especially at the corner spot. We need to get younger. And yeah. we need to get guys that are willing to do some of the things that either our corners can't do anymore or they won't do. You know, So he looks at this team as a great place to play and a team that can – potentially put him back in the big game.
3: A damn good player and a guy who I'd certainly like the Eagles to 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 look at. And like you said, they need to get younger. I think we all know Bradbury is not going to be back here next year. Who knows about Darius Slay? My inclination is that he probably is back next year. But what do you think, Kyle? What's your level of interest in LeJarius Sneed? Uh, that would be a nice addition if the Eagles can pull that one
5: off. So whatever means that the Eagles don't have to be like beholden to drafting a cornerback with one of the top two rounds, because we just simply can't do that and they don't very do. well at all, and we yeah. don't do it. I think there's a good reason that they don't do it. The last, you know, good to, to, I guess, good to great corner acquisitions we had doesn't seem that way anymore, but Bradbury, free agency, and Darius Slavia trade. Um, Sidney Jones is the pretty much my lasting memory of drafting a cornerback with a high pick. That one didn't work out well at all, so I, I think you gotta just sort of go with what got you there and, and stick to drafting the positions that they're good at drafting, and I'll be all, like, Logarius Sneed fits a need of one, like a a, just a solid corner, and two, like. He adds that physical element to the back end of the defense. That's that what I, that's, yeah. They're lacking big time. Like, yeah. you have soft ass Darius Slay talking about, I want to have my teeth in, yeah. you know, next week. Like, Your shut buddy. up, dude. <laughs> I want Darius Slay to go in, or uh, sorry, Legarius Sneed to go in and pop somebody they got and veneers, show them how nah, it's man. done. They get you some veneers. That's they're, right. just, they're just as good as teeth. <laughs> Look, then, he needs to go with Hughes Dennis, man. Yeah,
4: my Dennis. Right? Shout out to my Dennis because be, she'd be taking care of me, man. There you go. Good, like, good go stuff. Get, but go get teeth every other week.
3: Now that Kyle mentions it, is the last good corner the Eagles drafted high Lido Shepherd It's got to be. Like, is that really be. how far back we're going here?
4: Yes. Wow. And Sheldon Brown for that matter. Sheld-
3: and Sheldon Brown. He's yeah. the, think, third rounder? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Sheldon man. Brown for that matter. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Let's go to Greg in Maryland. What's up, Greg?
4: Hey, how's it going, guys? What's going on, man? Hey,
0: I know, uh, it seems hard to say to one of my favorite Eagles, but uh, we got a team that's playing right now that we need to be talking about, the Phillies. Well, they're not really playing. They're right not
4: playing now. real games, though, bro. Swallow it. You don't oh, need it.
0: Play and they got the uniforms on. I got. It's got my blood up. I, I, that's uh, that's what's got them in the front of my mind. Okay, that's fine. What? What's, tell us what you want to talk about the Phillies about, bro. <laughs> well, I said, Howard, you're right. He's hedging his bets with that whole uh, JT and Boehm thing. JT's got to be batting fifth uh, right behind. Uh, Schwar- uh, Schwarber needs to be first. JT's either fourth or fifth. Um, but yeah, you can't be interchanging Bohm and uh, J T. They've got different skill sets.
4: He's a fraud. <laughs> That's about right. So you see so no, I you're... totally agree. I'm I'm on board with the coshwill at top, but my lineup looks a little bit different. I got I got I got J T hitting seventh in my lineup. Hmm. I got I am going six, know, seven, righty, ready, Like that. We gotta get it top of that line. You think JT just...
0: and Bohm, it depends on whether they're on one of their hot streaks or not, because they were both very, very streaky last year. And that's you're not used to that from JT. He's usually much more solid, but he got into some
4: slumps. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but you could say that you could honestly you can say that about the about the whole lineup as a whole. Because like Bohm and Stott were two of the guys early in the season. They carried us for the most part. Especially when we didn't have our, our main guys hitting a whole lot. But hopefully that's not going to be the case this year. And you can talk about. Listen, you can talk about whatever you want to talk about on here. You know, we just we just start with the show topics, and then you know you can take it wherever you want to go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
3: And I just feel love the, the idea of the tact a little bit. Kyle uh, <laughs> mentioning like giving getting Hughes lineup up to Topper. I think we should all just send our lineups to Topper, and Topper can have a little filing cabinet in his office of just the the different WIP host lineups, and he can just kind of keep moving off of that based on the day.
5: I got a question now. Better chance of Topper reading all of our lineups, or the Eagles opening Marple Max Cartwright
4: letters. See, <laughs> Topper reading <the> <laughs> our
3: lineups. I heard Marple Mac last week. Marple and, Mac, yeah, is he's not on a, a fan mission, dude. Oh, man. The, Marple
4: Mac does not like me.
3: You don't. You, <laughs> you don't think they're taking those Cartwright letters uh, seriously? Uh, uh, you?
4: I, no, I just think that Marple Mac is tired of me, so he just he just all together quick acknowledging me all together. He just talks to Joe.
3: Okay.
4: I appreciate his call, but he does not. Is he the does feeling not mu- like me? Is the feeling me? I don't have beef with Marple Mac. You don't? I just, I, I just think after like letter ten, <laughs> then you, you, know, you kind of. You <laughs> well, know. maybe
3: they should freaking open it.
4: I yeah. mean, yeah. come on. Yeah,
3: get back to Marple Mac. Okay. Marple Mac clearly Howie. very, very passionate about this. Well, Mac, they're in Indy right now, so when they get back, I'm sure you know that response is coming. Uh, let's go to Roger and Ben Salem. What's up, Roger?
6: Yo, TK, Hugh, what's going on? What's up, man? Yo, Hugh, real quick, how's that? How's that winter shred coming along?
4: It's it's coming, man. You know, it's funny. I was just I was just telling Ike, you know, I've been acute. Like my my nutritionist was telling me I'm not eating enough, so I need to find a uh, a meal prep service. But outside of that, it's coming. You know, doing my cardio every day and everything like that. So it's coming.
3: I'll be ready for clear yeah. water. You mentioned earlier today you forgot your vegetables.
4: I did forget my vegetables. Okay. I forgot my vegetables.
6: Look, today. look, we, look. We 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 forget stuff all the time. You know what happens. You can't you can't harp on them too much about it. You know as long as you're getting the results you want us that's it that's all, that's it. Really that's all i for. care about
4: man you know i've been mean, that's all i care about trying to get ready for yeah, be down in Clearwater water in a little bit yes yeah,
6: yeah, sir so on on this aj thing i'm kind of indifferent about the whole interview because like you know last year went down the way it did and i'm just looking forward to 2024 and hopefully seeing a lot of improvements um but i do have a lot of respect for him for not spilling the tea because like I know, people want to know like what really went down, but guys, you know this ain't TMZ. You know, like if it's personal, just let it be personal. You know, you don't gotta talk about
4: it. No, I'm I'm with you on that, man. It's like, like I said, equated to a relationship. Everybody doesn't need to know the ins and outs of your relationship. As long as you yeah, try to make it work, that's the only thing that I care about. As long as you're trying to win football games, that's it. That that's right.
6: And and uh, you guys were like talking about Doc coming into Philly uh, a little earlier. Yes. I was going to come in with an analogy about that. Like, you know, how he brings up excuses and stuff. It's like, it's like, he's that dude in, in retail and like a customer is all in his face and like going on about this and that. And he's just like, yeah, I just work here. Like, <laughs> like, I, I don't know why you're coming to me about it.
3: Well, no, yeah, Roger. And appreciate the call. It's just no <laughs> accountability. And it's like, he gets asked the question and immediately without it, I don't even think he's listening to the question. I just think he's formulating his next, you know, uh, trying way to be to nice. Blame.
4: Yeah, trying to be nice, trying not to be too controversial. But but he's point, not he's trying probably, to be nice. Yeah, he's well, he's trying jerk. to yeah trying not to be controversial. He's rubbing people the wrong way though. Yeah, because they want they want real explanations. Yeah, we, we just want I, just my, want with some honesty. Tk, my question would have been, okay, what was out of control—the Ben Simmons situation or the James Harden situation? That's the one that I would like to know. Which right. one do you consider was out of control for you? Well, the best part about the Ben Simmons thing, and this is this was peak Doc, is
3: all season long. You know, he's ripping writers and ripping the media. For how could you dare not appreciate Ben Simmons? Appreciate him, appreciate him. And then after the series, when it's over, they ask him if he can win a championship with Ben Simmons' as a point guard. He's like, well, I don't know. You know, it's kind of yeah. His ben, fault. No,
4: I remember Ben did not want to shoot in that Atlanta series. <laughs> Yes. And it was, it. oh boy, it got bad. And I just felt, I felt I felt bad for him when I was in Atlanta because I knew what was coming. Was well, like, we didn't feel baby. bad for him. Oh, either. I know. Oh, y'all let him have it. But Celebrate like, him. Celebrate <laughs> all <laughs> the stuff he does well. Baby, it's about to go get ugly for you.
3: And that was Doc like two weeks before completely throwing him under the bus. Celebrate him. <laughs>
5: that, that's why he's such a jerk. It's like he tried to tell us how big of idiots we were for suggesting things that he was like, you know what, maybe that's a pretty good idea.
3: He has no loyalty to anybody.
5: Like, yeah. We were, we were like, Doc, like, you ever consider taking Ben out in the last two minutes of a game so that, like, they don't do the hack of Ben? And he's like, oh, dude, only, only in Philadelphia. And then the next night, who was out of the lineup in the last two minutes? Ben. Ben Simmons.
3: I liked the Kyle, uh, Doc Rivers. Was that, was that good? Uh, no, it wasn't, but it was entertaining. <laughs> only, yeah, only in Philadelphia. <laughs> so I enjoyed that. Uh, let's go to Dennis in the Northeast. What's up, Dennis?
4: Hey, how y'all doing? What's up, man?
7: Good, good. I was uh, I want. It seemed like it's a we on a precipice of a uh, like a, a real good moment for the Eagles, man. I think that's the question about AJ Brown today, but I think he did a good job, man. Uh, I think it's time for us as fans to look at these players as human beings and not superheroes because they got jobs to do and calling for their job is real. It's a real big thing. That's not really. Right, just because of some sideline
3: antics. But Dennis, really? nobody nobody called for AJ Brown's job.
7: Well, I'm dude, talking about things. Dude, that I mean, him him cancer. People do. Oh. People dude, do call can, for cancer,
4: a job. cancer, dude. Kind of, wanted him out of here. A lot.
7: Of, yeah, that, that that a lot of times that that steam rolls. I mean, you're in Philadelphia, you can't say it. Don't. Sometimes that steam rolls, and then these guys, you know, a lot of pressure on them, and they wind up going somewhere else. I just know. That we we get we we push a lot of good players out of this city, and um, some players don't even want to come to this city. So I think it's time for the fans. Sometimes man, to like worry about being fans and not CEOs. Well, or, uh, well Dennis, or I, I got to
3: stop you for a second because I that's where I really disagree. Like I don't think this city is responsible for running players out of town. Like just because a few callers will call in and say you should trade a certain guy or you should move off from a certain guy, that doesn't mean that they're being run
7: out of the city. What you mean? What you mean? Like, why not? Why not? When the pressure is on them, you putting a lot of pressure on them. It, it, I'm not saying I it don't just go with one one caller. It just it starts like you talking about uh, AJ Brown for the last couple of days. Like you, like how you think he feel? He a human being. He got kids. He got to take care. Of. He got, it, he you know got
4: it. I hear you, Dennis. But but some of that though, to be honest, you got to kind of suck that up though, dog. I mean, people gonna do that. I mean, how many times you know you hear people. I know a guy on, on on social media who made who made a um he became an influencer by calling players trash and saying that they sucked so people right. are gonna people are gonna do that man you can't you can't allow that to make you become a snowflake i ain't like, talking
7: about the player i ain't talking about the player you i'm talking about actually the fans being the motivator of of you know bringing this out. At a good player, point, point, point the finger at where it belonged from last year. The defense was the problem. We ain't calling out the defensive player. Get, get Shaq Leonard on the phone asking what the hell
4: he was doing. Now, I don't think people look at Shaq as like a real Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, no one cares about Shaq Leonard. Yeah, That's nobody cares. nobody <laughs> cares about that. And dog. by
3: the way, man, I think we bashed the defense sufficiently no, we over do. the last few months. I think
4: it's a double edged sword. And, and I get where you're coming from, man, but it's it's you got to take the good with the bad. You have to. That's a part of being a professional athlete. That's the part of being an elite athlete. Everybody's not going to like you. And no matter what you do or what you say, you're not going to change the way that some of those people feel. You just got to go out there and do, do your job and do the best that you can. And you can't worry about everything that's being said and compartmentalize all the stuff that's being said about you. People, the other day, I don't know if you saw this TK, but Kevin Durant was walking on the court. Yeah, I did say it. And a fan, like, called him out his name. Mm -hmm. And then looked with surprise and shock that he was upset because he called him out of his name. And looked surprised and shocked. And then Kevin Durant was able to show that fan grace by not getting him kicked out because security was about to kick him out. Right. The Mavericks fans, they was about to kick him out. Fans are gonna do that, man, because they feel like they can, you know, and, and, and you can't take it personal. And he showed a lot of grace. Now, he went and said something to them, and they backed down a little bit, but he showed a lot of grace in that moment by not getting them kicked out.
3: He did, definitely. And I think that, that though, to me, is different than this. Like, And I get from A.J. Brown's perspective, or any player, it's got to be frustrating You know, if you're sitting on social media and you're seeing people say mean things and
4: horrible things. Or you're like, like you're a bum or you're a cancer or stuff like that. It, it does, but at the same time, you, you have to realize that and, and and this is how I look at it for the most part. Number one, those fans are paying their hard-earned dollars and they they have a perspective that they don't know what's going on. They don't know and you can't really talk about it. So you got to take that with a grain of salt. And then you got to look at it like this too. Most of those folks that are saying that about you, you will never see them or hear from them personally. So you just got to kind of just ignore it right and it comes with the territory
3: and and it, you know not to say that people can say whatever they want like obviously it goes over the line sometimes but there's also criticisms that that can be fair you know and, and whatever we talk about here whatever callers talk about it doesn't mean you know necessarily that people want you off the team or 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 Want to move on. I don't but want him gone. No, nobody wants AJ Brown. That, gone.
4: I think that clip well, no, was no, it's few people that, but,
3: but, but I don't want him gone. This is just good, dude. When you lose six or seven games and you fall apart at the end of the season, nobody's going to escape criticism. It's just the way it's going to be. 215 592 9494. If you want to get in 215. 592 9494. Tom Kelly, In For Joe, Gillia. This is the midday show. When we get back, we'll finish up on the phones, plus a change we could see to the NFL's kickoff rule. That's coming up. Tom Kelly, In For Joe, uh, along with you today on the midday show, Sports Radio 94 WIP.
1: Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla Speed Test Intelligence Data, fixed median download speeds, USQ3 2023.
3: Sports Radio 94, WIP, Tom Kelly, Hugh Douglas. Uh, I'm in for Joe today. Joe will be back tomorrow. Obviously, discussing a lot of the AJ Brown stuff today, the interview with the Afternoon Show from Friday. But in a few minutes, you, we gotta—we're all about accountability here at WIP. Well, what I do? Not what you, do. not you, but another WIP host. Apparently, we need to hold accountable for a, a mistake I guess they made, or, or a, a, an inadvertent lie that they told. Is that uh, a, yeah, I to guess it?
5: just maybe like a uh, miscommunication or Miscom- whatever. But uh, either way. We are going to be holding people accountable in this final segment. Okay.
8: Come on, big boys. Give me a holler. (laughs) Wait
4: a minute. What happened? Who who are we on accountable? (laughs)
8: We'll
3: we'll find out in moments here, but there yeah, There's somebody we've got to hold accountable here, so we'll do that in a few minutes here. Uh, Let's go back to the phones. Robert in Massachusetts. Hey, Robert.
9: Hello, boys. How are you guys doing today? What's going on? Well, I definitely want to talk about this whole A.J. Brown situation. I was going to keep my mouth shut on the whole situation until I heard that one caller about an hour ago calling him a cancer and that he needs to get out of Philadelphia. Does anybody really know what a cancer is? I mean, when you look in the past of the NFL players that we've had, you've had Terrell Owens, who's probably one of the biggest cancers of all the NFL, who is one of the most selfish human beings on God's green earth. And that is true, in fact. But then again, there too, he could back it up. You also had Antonio Brown, who was giving another chance after being toxic, and he blew that after arguing with Bruce Arians on the field. So, if any player, anybody that's one of mine wants to stand up for himself saying, I just don't like the, where the team has been going for the last season, A.J. Brown came on tremendously. And you know what? I agree with you guys. I think he shouldn't be booted out. I don't think A.J. even is a cancer. He's just a passionate guy who loves the sport of football, that loves to play for this team here in Philadelphia. He loves being an eagle. And you know what? He wants to help us win a Super Bowl. Why would he want to be toxic? He just wasn't really happy with the system that Brian Johnson was given. And and he was just straight honest with the fact that, like, yeah, the team wasn't doing too well and that they should have done better considering the fact that we're in the Super Bowl the year before that. And A.J. did a tremendous job with being really respectable, basically telling everybody that he's misunderstood. I agree. A.J. Brown is a very misunderstood player, but – what was so toxic about what he said, and that's what I don't get.
3: Well, I don't think anything was was toxic about what he said, Robert. I do think some of his anger might have been a little misdirected. Like I, I, I don't look at it as anybody here was trying to run AJ Brown out of town. I don't think that's the case. Like obviously there will be you know some callers, and I agree that caller who called him a cancer in the locker room. That there's no evidence to support that claim. But yeah, I don't think in general like anybody's trying to run AJ Brown out of town here.
9: That is true, and honestly, I do agree on that. I do feel like there is some people on social media that's probably saying that. I have seen a little bit of it, but I just love where he projected himself. He didn't come at. He didn't feel offended by anything. He came in and made a professional statement. I'm excited for what this team is going to do next season. I feel like Kevin Moore was a great addition to be an offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles team. I feel like that um, getting somebody that is also on the defensive side of the ball, too, will help. We just got to see what goes on. I mean, if you look at it, at least A.J. Brown wasn't like Cutter Gavier from the Flyers who basically went out and blatantly said, i want won out of this team. But maybe believe A.J. that he was very misunderstood is right, right when he said he wanted to stay in Philadelphia. And I think when somebody wants to stay in the team that they truly want to stay in, they're going to ball out. You look at A.J. from all last season, there was about seven, eight, nine games he was going for over 200 yards
7: in
4: receiving. So if,
9: if people do want him out, even though some people might not, which I don't want him out, why do that when he was such a great asset to this ball team and we don't have anybody else in the yeah. one?
3: No, I hear you, Robert, and appreciate the call. I, I don't think anybody wants A.J. out. No, you
4: know? they don't. I mean, some people are, are, if you do, you're misguided, in my opinion. You're, 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 you're very misguided. I think he's a hell of a player. I think that, you know, with his, what he did, the way he handled himself on that phone call with Ike Friday, let you know that he wants to be here. He could have easily came on here and say, hey, man, I'll let the chips fall where they may or whatever he could have said. He said he wanted to be here. I believe him. And the fact that he didn't go into detail about anything that happened in the locker room, that's what really makes me believe that he wants to make this work. Dude, like, there's not a lot of guys that I feel, especially nowadays, are in, in this business to try to win championships. I feel like he's one of them. I feel like we have a quarterback that's of the same caliber. I feel like most of the guys on this team feel the same way. You know, I I feel like, you know, they understand what, number one, you talk about a brand, what what winning a championship can do for your brand, and then your legacy. You know, being in that game, man. You know, I never won it, but I was in it. Mm -hmm. And I'm a part of that history, a part of the NFL history. A lot of cats can't say that. A lot of cats come into the league and they play for, for 10, 15 years, never sniff a playoff game. That's a fact. You got guys that have been, been in the Super Bowl that are on this team, been to another one, and trying to get back. So I think he's one of those guys. And he's going to do, and he's going to sacrifice and do whatever he has to do to try to win a championship. That's why I want him here. Yeah. That's the only thing I care about is football.
3: Definitely, and that's one of the things that does make you feel better. Is it was one thing that really came across in that interview, and really every time AJ speaks, and, and when he spoke to the media, the one time he spoke to the media toward the end of the season, you can tell the guy really wants to win. Like yeah. he he takes it, and, and it was a good point that I heard Elliot make this morning when he joined the morning show. Is Elliot said it, it's it's pretty clear that AJ is one of the guys who who takes football. Home with him, like you know, it's not like you leave the building and you're not thinking about it, you're not
4: worrying about it. And ultimately I think that's a good thing. That just shows that he care. Yeah. And he does care. And, and again, I, I keep harping on the fact that he didn't he didn't say a whole lot. He just wants to play. He wants to clear up his name. He's not a diva. He wanted to point that out. He's not a diva and, and he's not a cancer. He was just misunderstood. Mm-hmm. And they got to, he still got to figure out what was going on in the locker room, but I think if they figure long as they it out, I don't need to know the details yeah. about what happened in the locker
3: room. no, and hopefully you know they do get it figured out. whatever went wrong, uh the organization, I think, judging by their actions, clearly thinks the coaching staff is a problem with all the changes they made, and hopefully um it's it's a lot better this year, and it'll be interesting to hear what Howie and Nick have to say uh, tomorrow afternoon. Let's go to Carl in Mapleshade.
0: What's up, Carl? Yo, good afternoon, fellas. What's up, man? Hey, if Jalen and A. weren't so close, do you think A.J. would even have called in the first place? What? That guy. It didn't really tries, have to do with Jalen and A.J., Carl. No, but it's not even funny. Don't you think A.J. realizes that his boy's not developing vocally, and that's where A.J. is, but he's just not saying it.
3: Do you mean Jalen as a leader, not developing as a vocal leader on the team?
0: Well, that's where AJ's just not exactly saying it. But when the time comes on the sidelines, let me show you how to fire this team up. That's that's where AJ's at. I love that guy. He's almost my favorite player. He's the guy that can get this quarterback right. Yeah, and, and Carl pre- appreciate it, man. Thanks for the
3: call. And yeah, I mean, it it, it would I'd say it would help any quarterback to have AJ Brown on the field
4: around this time of the day. It gets a little gets a little different.
3: Yeah, people are hitting it a
4: little early. Well, no, a lot, we don't we don't know that for sure. But I'm just saying we get we get a, uh, a eclectic group of individuals you like around this time. Keep your mouth day. down and yeah, shut, yeah. Boy. It's a little different. It's a little different. So yeah, uh, but. As far as you know, AJ's coach <laughs> uh, leadership style <laughs> regroup. Yeah, you got to figure out. You have to figure out how to make that conducive to everybody in the locker room. You know, even the quarterback, if that's the case, and you have to allow this quarterback, whatever his his uh, leadership style is, to grow into that. Yeah. And, so so yeah, there's and that.
3: And that's well there you go, Hugh. I think that was well. Someone remind over there? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I mean, <laughs> I'm looking at a three No, I'm just
4: saying, man. I mean you you gotta you know, you just gotta, you know Adapt. There you go. You gotta roll with the punches. You gotta as they roll say. with the punches. Two one
3: five five ninety two nine four nine four. Now we got some internal business that we need to take care of here, uh, Hugh. Now, Kyle, you were you were explaining a little bit of this yes. to me during the break. What what do we need to do here? Who do we need to hold accountable? This is
5: a new information to me, but uh our resident Jolly sleuth here, Mike Angelina.
3: Mike Angelina knows everything that's said on this station <laughs> my, at any time of day. Yeah.
5: Has uncovered some some dirt here that this has happened, uh, I'm assuming over the weekend here on our Airwaves WIP, but this, this feels like a big day of holding people accountable for their words, their actions, etc. Uh I got two cuts here. So both are a conversation with Jolly and the same caller. His name's Dominic in Denver. And uh, I'll play you this this first cut. It's just a little bit of a back and forth between Jolly and this caller. And then uh, I'll explain a little bit more. So Jolly and Dominic in Denver.
9: What did the Denver Broncos do to make Peyton Manning win? They hired – they fired – John Fox. John Fox had them on the on the cusp of winning a Super Bowl. He was
8: fired the year after being in a Super Bowl. By the way, no, he wasn't. Yes, he was. He got to the Super Bowl in 2015, going in 2016. He wasn't. He, okay, no, we'll pretend he wasn't. No, I'm not.
0: Uh, look it up.
8: You look it I, up. I
9: per- he was the coach of Houston.
5: What are we talking about,
8: Dominic? Dude, we're talking the irrelevance with other teams 10 years ago that has nothing to do with this team.
5: So pretty spicy there from Jolly and Dominic in Denver. Uh, now, I'm not sure if this is both from this weekend or one was last weekend and this one
3: well, was now, from this what, weekend. What was Jolly's argument there, that John Fox was the coach of that team? I,
5: I'm, I'm assuming that they're talking about, fi- like, had they fired Nick Sirianni, if they would you know be better off winning the Super Bowl or have a better chance to win the Super Bowl with a new coach, mm-hmm or something like that, so I guess what got mixed up there was was the timeline of, of John Fox and Gary Kubiak in Denver. Uh, so th- that was that exchange, and then there was a follow-up to that. I'm assuming the last time Jolly was on air, he gets another phone call from his buddy Dominic in Denver, and here's how that went.
8: Dominic in Denver is on WIP. What's up, Dom?
9: Hey,
5: Jolly.
8: How you doing? Good, thank you. Um,
9: I have an Eagles point, but yes, I, also, I also want to... Uh, correct you on a couple of weeks ago we had a discussion on who was the uh the coach of the Broncos when they won the Super Bowl it was Gary Kubiak so you you said it was uh, John Fox but anyway
8: no I didn't um, i never with, find me that tape and i'll give you a million dollars i never oh, no, ever
9: no, ever, oh. ever
8: ever said john fox was a head coach of the Broncos? Oh, absolutely! Never, you did. ever. I'm going to hang up on you, Dominic, because I hate people okay. lying no, and no, making don't, stuff don't. up. And you're lying and making something up, so people who didn't hear it then okay, will think differently. Okay,
9: okay, okay. Stop Forget it! That,
4: Wait a minute. Oh so no! Jolly got his. He he forgot what he said. Well, Jolly's out a million dollars. Jolly owes that guy a million like dollars. <laughs> That's Boy, a rough look, man. Jolly going to fight you, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> gonna fight. You, if you, if there was ever a thought whether or not Jolly liked you or not, he probably don't like you after
3: this. Well, I mean, it's really Mike, let's be honest. That's if Jolly's true. mad it, at anybody, be be mad at Ike. It's well, like- look, I,
4: I,
5: Well, we're all in the business of taking accountability. Yes, I'm the are. one that brought this to your attention. I'm playing it on the airwaves, so Jolly, I mean, you know. I, I guess you, use want jo- the, you want the smoke. I want the smoke to to use Jolly's
8: own words. Come on, big boys, give me a holler. <laughs> give me a, ho- give
5: you know, a holler. Give me a holler. I uh, think you I- think you gonna call in? Well, I- I'm not sure, Jolly. I think Jolly's a, a catcher upper because you know he's got the later shifts and stuff. So we yeah, might. So get, probably sleep. We might get a tweet or two from Jolly later on, but uh, I'm curious to to see the resolution to this. Cause Dominic and Denver is owed a million dollars.
3: Dominic and Denver is about to be a very rich man. <laughs> He's a rich man. I, I wish I was Dominic in Denver right now. You have a how do
4: uh, you clean that up though when you make a mistake like that? How do you clean that up?
3: Well, that's the thing. Like everybody makes mistakes. That's why, unless you're supremely confident, you can't tell a guy you pay him a million dollars.
4: I'll tell you what you do. You
5: double down. You triple down. <laughs> All of it. Just, just and never you, been your story. Down. Stick
4: stick to your story.
3: Never admit it. Jo- Jolly's just going to go on and change like John Fox's Wikipedia page or something to say he was the coach.
4: You can change the Wikipedia page. Y-
3: you can so. do that. So maybe maybe that's the route he goes. But, yeah, it was Gary Kubiak, coach in 2015. So congratulations to Dominic in Denver uh, for, for and, winning and, that And
5: article. I am sorry, Jolly. Yeah.
3: But it had to be done. <laughs> Not really. Shame on you. Shame <laughs> on you, Kyle. Shame on you. Let's go to Mike and Voorhees. What's up, Mike? What you got, Mike? Mike.